ding, ding, trigger warning. Today we're going to be talking about the Salt Lake City Strangler, and he is a horrible fella. So in this, we will be covering, and if this bothers you, don't listen, you're you're more than welcome to not listen. This is not a cold case, so I don't suggest, you know, if it bothers you, don't listen in case you can, you know, help solve a case. Nope. This one's solved, and it's just horrible, but it is kind of interesting, and the guy is super freaking nuts. So in this trigger warning, we're going to be addressing horrible things that happen to children, more sexual assaults upon children, rape, um, murder, abduction. So we're going to get into a whole realm of funky that we've not delved into too much before. Who collecting and poo eating. So if that grosses you out, you don't have to listen. Welcome back, 801 Horror Cult fans. My plaid-clad occult. Yeah, you can wear some plaid uh, aprons, I was going to say. Oh, I am all riled up from yesterday. Anyways, wear plaid, have fun, wear glitter, whatever. Sport the black, I don't care. You're just great for listening. And, you know, you should subscribe to this podcast so we can get more fancy things going. Got a lot of stuff in the works for this and, uh, you know, want to wanna get some love and return that love. Now, let's talk about the fun weekend I had before I get into this because I don't have a co-host today. So again, I'm going to awkwardly record all by myself, but it's okay. So you guys are going to be right here with me first and foremost. Chaosium's coming to the States and the West Coast. Ooh, baby. I am so freaking excited. I don't know if I want to go to Washington and Idaho ones or just one of the states. I don't know, but I want to bring a band of merry people and we will bask in the chaos that is Chaosium. Sadly, they're not coming to Utah. They really need to. They would get a cool fan base. Like, seriously, boys, if anyone knows these guys that is listening... We'll get you hooked up. We'll get a wonderful fan base here in, in good old Salt Lake because we have like some of the most loyalist, loyalist, I mean a word, the most loyal fan bases that you can and we are like ride or die bitches. Yeah. Anyways, then yesterday, as I've been kind of talking about the Trinity Terror Tour happened and so, you know, motionless in white. Hell yeah. Ice Nine Kills, hell yeah, who have also made appearances on our playlist for the episodes. And for those who like them, Black Veil Brides, personally, not my cup of tea, but that's okay, you know, you do you, boo. All y'all who like them, hope you enjoyed their set. I didn't stick around for that, but we went on a fun adventure accidentally instead. So we went and saw, saw them. Oh my god. Amazing. As always, Motionless and White, you kick ass. It was a sold out show, by the way, like 4,000 and whatever people were there. It was awesome at Saltair, which is haunted, supposedly. And I want to do an episode soon about it. Maybe I'll do that, like, coming up, because we're going to do a Mormons episode. I want to do, like, not something involving terrible things that happen to children, because I've done that 
two times in a row now and it's I don't even like kids and whoa bro <laughs> my poor brain I'm an empath I suppose I feel for everyone I just want everyone happy and you know to be badass like a t-rex but you know lovable and feel loved and stuff like a family pet that made no sense but there you go I don't make sense today anywho yep ice nine kill killed the show so did motionless we were in line waiting for uh to get some ice nine kill merch because the motionless line was insane and it went outside and we were like hell no so we went we were in line and we didn't know who was opening because they like to they were like april fooling us by like ooh, who are you gonna who's gonna open because it rotated because there's three main bands and we were hoping it would be Black Veil, so then, you know, Ice Nine Emotionless could be there. And we're like, yeah, cause, just because that's our preference. We like them more. No offense. Well, no, we were in line, and who was the one that we wanted to be the main band opened up first out of the three. It was Motionless, so we're like, fuck this line. We're going to go, and we are going to rock out to motionless so we were like slithering our way through all the people to try and get as close as possible and we landed like right in front of the pit <laughs> yeah our old asses were in the pit Woo! well right outside the pit but as with a bunch of cool kids love them they're all there they were great snack pack was there yep she 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 got lost behind us when we just took off to her and get to the, the stage for Motionless. And she got lost. Well, she ended up getting her Ice Nine shirt. And <laughs> we just booked it because we wanted to see Motionless. Amazing, guys. Amazing. Seriously, if you have not checked them out live, check them out live. Ice Nine Kills, too. I just can't go over enough. I love these guys. I love Ice Nine Kills theatrics. And if you like horror movies... That's all they do is they make songs about the horror movies. So, you know, check them, love them. They are amazing live too, and they dress up in costume. It's fun, but motionless. Oh, my heart, my heart goes for you guys too. I love you both for different reasons. I could just spend the whole podcast talking about you two. Anyways, it was great. So, that being said, I, for the merchandise, once Motionless was playing, we went and got, like, we, like, watched most of Motionless set, and then we went and got in line before it went crazy again. So we got in line. I ended up buying a beanie and a poster because I have way too many band shirts. <laughs> like, I'm going to make some blankets, like, quilt together band shirts for a blanket because I have too many, and I can't wear them all all the time and wear cute outfits either. So I'm going to make some blankets. In the meantime, I'm going to get other shit. So I'm going to start hoarding band um, beanies. It all started with the Chaosium beanie that I ordered. <laughs> I got it. And I it passed the will this fit Kira's big head test. Good job, boys. Congrats because your genie, your genie, your beanie fit my big ass head. So now I was at the concert and I saw that Motionless and White had a beanie. So I was like, oh shit son I'm gonna make a game of this every concert I go to or just band merchandise I order if they have a beanie I am gonna put it on my head and then 
whatever episode we're recording that day is going to be a random, will this new beanie fit Kira's head? So I bought the motionless and white beanie. Haven't tried it on yet because I'm going to put it on my head while we record. And I will let you know. Did motionless and white's beanie pass the giant head test? We will find out. Stay tuned later. That will be by the playlist and the silver fox. Till then. Ah, yeah, I'm excited. I'll take a picture of it too. See if, whether it fits or not. It's pretty dandy. Pretty freaking fantastic. Alright, so that was my fun weekend. Alright, everybody. Are you ready for this week's episode? This is kind of sad after the rosy one, huh? Well, hopefully we can get that case solved one way or another this week. This week we're talking about our very own Utah born and bred serial killer. Yep, none of these serial killers that were born here and left and murdered or was born in another place and decided to murder here. Nope. This one's born and bred 100% Utah. Yep. So, today world we will be covering the crazy, poo-obsessed case of the Salt Lake City Strangler, a.k.a. Roberto Argules. <laughs> forgot how it just said. I'm going to call him Robert because we all know I suck at pronouncing things. And I believe his last name is Argentinian, however you say it. I can't word well. Things don't come out my mouth. Yeah. So the Salt Lake City Strangler, I'm going to just be addressing him as Roberto. So there you go. Alright. Are you ready for this? This is this is kind of a doozy. I didn't think it'd be as quite in-depth as it was until I started researching. And then I was like, well, this would be cool if, you know, there was more than just me here. But, you know, there's, there's just me. Miss Marty is... Still out, not ready to party yet. So, we wish you well. Hope you heal soon because this other seat over here misses you. Okay, Mr. Roberto, with the last name I can't pronounce, <laughs> aka the Salt Lake City Strangler, was born February 14th, 1962, in Kearns, Utah. He was a Valentine baby. Aw, what an asshole. <laughs> He's not a nice guy. Seriously, and then he was born on Valentine's Day. I wish I was born on a cool holiday. Instead, I just made my own holiday. Although sometimes my birthday ends up on Father's Day. So, I guess there's that. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Father. You got me. <laughs> okay, so he was one of two boys. Um, he's, I can't talk. <laughs> His stepdad moved the family to a pig farm in Salt Lake City. Yeah, back then, in the 60s and 70s, it was very common to have farms in the city. Like, little farms. I don't know, he might have been on the outskirts. I don't know what part of Salt Lake that, that pig farm was. But I know, growing up, we had a little, like, neighborhood farm next door. Not piggies. Not piggies. I don't think they had pigs. The chickens and lambs. 
All the cute little sheep that bought all the time. I believe some goats. Dogs. You know, bird like chickens and roosters. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, pig farm in Salt Lake City is where, where they were moved to. Woo woo. All right, are you ready for this? Now we're gonna start going down the deep dive of to the craziness of Roberto that leads into the dreadfulness that he had put upon Salt Lake City, more or less West Valley City. So at fifteen. He committed his very first crime. He was trying to steal a car in September of 1977. <laughs> he was caught and placed on probation. His behavior just went on a downward spiral and it got worse after being released from that. Basically, my theory, and the longer this we get into this, you're going to realize this as in all the crazy killers, they all, like, get too many chances, and it just gives them more chances to do terrible things and to spiral down into worse things. All of them. But yet, there's all these innocent people in prison, on death row, and all that, that cannot catch a break. I know the justice system's never perfect and it never will be just because that's how shit is. But can we, like, make it a little better, a little more fair for, you know, those who obviously are going to keep doing and escalating to worse things as opposed to those who were wrongfully convicted? Just, just saying. Let's all get together. <laughs> Let's figure some shit out. Let's hear some things. Let's try some things. Like, it needs to happen because every time being in the true crime craziness, you realize that all the serial killers and stuff, a lot of them, like, had so many chances to be stopped. But no, they got, they got all these chances. So, next, in June of 1978... One year later, he was sent to a youth shelter for beating up his girlfriend, father, or brother, not father, excuse me. Let me re-say that. In June of 1978, he was sent to a youth shelter for beating up his girlfriend, brother, and mom. He's a stand-up fella. It just gets worse. So, he remained there for about a month, and then escaped <laughs> fucking Bundy <laughs> it makes me think of Bundy escaping too oh Utah what why are, why in the 70s are all these people escaping from your prisons and jails why I don't get it anyways so yeah he escaped you know running amok hiding from the police for about six days and then he returned. <laughs> Later, he was allowed to just go home. October 5th. This is where he committed his first, like, uber-violent crime. And this is, like, now the crimes that we will all know him for and hate him for. So, um, he kidnapped and molested a 10-year-old girl. 
horrible, huh? And this, that's his very first one. So it escalated from, like, trying to break into a car to beating up his girlfriend, his brother, and his mom. And now he kidnapped and molested a poor 10-year-old girl. Like, seriously. And instead of being locked up like he should have, because he was still young, but instead of locking him up in juvie, now he's just put under house arrest. <sighs> Good old house arrest. So terrible. All right. So while he was still on police's radar for that, in November of that very same year, he was charged with molesting a seven-year-old, but the charge was later dropped. So why was it dropped? Like, did, I believe he probably did do it, but maybe the poor kid didn't want to have to testify, or the family just didn't want to deal with it, and they just wanted to, like, it, ignorance is bliss thing. You just pretend it doesn't happen, and then just go live your life the best you can. Well, coming from experience, that doesn't always work, and it will come back to you at some point to bite you in the ass. So heads up, if anything bad has happened to you, ignorance is bliss doesn't work. I know firsthand. You can only ignore it so long, then it bubbles up and annihilates your soul for a while. While he was awaiting trial for molestation, he was charged with a February 1979 rape of a 17-year-old girl. He is just an outstanding fella, isn't he? Ridiculous. Like, after all that, and he is still doing stuff while the police are still on him, and he knows shit's happening, and he just goes out and diddles more. He, like, kidnaps and diddles. It's all he knows how to do. Like, what was so wrong in your life? Like, it was hard to find a lot of information about him growing up, so we I don't know if, like, anything crazy happened to him when he was a kid, like, when he was developing. Who knows? But he's fucked up. <laughs> so fucked up. So he was found guilty for both charges and placed in State Youth Development Center in good old Ogden. That's right. Or as some people pronounce it, not from Utah, Ogden. Which sounds really weird because that's that's not how you say it. But it's funny. So I like to say Ogden now. <laughs> so good old Ogden. And the judge recommended that he stay there until he was 21. However, they had no therapy program for juvenile sex offenders. So the hospital staff was, like, trying to transfer him to the Utah State Hospital. So maybe they could help him. Because they figured if they're young enough, maybe they can rehabilitate them before they're terrible adults. But the hospital rejected him, stating he was unmotivated for treatment. I can see both, like, sides, but he's not going to be motivated because what if it's just a brain chemical thing or brain damage and he just can't fucking know the difference so of course he's unmotivated if he doesn't understand he's doing anything wrong at that time i don't know not him i don't know but it's like 
unmotivated, yes. And technically, no one can change unless you're ready to, because you, you yourself are the one to change. So I get that. So it's like talking to a really gross, diddling brick wall. I get that. But maybe you could try other things. I mean, I don't know what they did. They might have tried a lot of things, or they might have just given up on him right away. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on this whole rehab therapy for criminals. Some I think would work, but others, I think that's just a lost cause. That's my opinion, though. After they tried all kinds of ideas to try and help him, and even, like, thought about shipping him off to California for additional treatments, everything failed. Pretty much is just like, he's SOL. Since all those other treatments failed, <laughs> he was released December 19th, 1979, on the condition that he attend periodic meetings with a sociology grad student from the University of Utah. And he had to do that for therapy. He needed some therapy sessions from a sociology... Yep, there you go, I can't say that word. From a grad student. Like, is that so they can get practice for not being a full, like, you know, therapist? I don't know. I'm not in that field. I'm just purely running off assumptions. That also did not work. And on March 3rd, 1980, he kidnapped a 15-year-old girl from Granger High School. Where's my Granger peeps at? Where's the Lancers? <laughs> Come from a long line of family that went to Granger High School. Okay, I just got a, like, side tangent here. Going over this case, all the places that he was... Picking up girls, kidnap, excuse me, hiccup, kidnapping them and murdering them. Those are all in my area, and I was a kid back then. I, that easily could have been like people I knew. So, this is really weird. Like, doing research for this was <laughs> super mindfuck for different reasons. Just because it's like, oh, fuck, dude, I know all those places. Like, how freaking creepy is that? Anyways, okay, so he kidnapped a 15-year-old girl from Granger High School, drove her to an old shooting range where he sodomized and raped her. Once he was done with her, he threatened to kill her if she told, and then he dropped her back off in front of Granger High School. Can you imagine that? Like, just, you get abducted going to school and then you get sodomized and you get raped and then you get threatened that you will be murdered if you tell anyone and then you just get dropped back off we women are not like things we're not just garbage to throw like you you gotta treat us better men too men get raped and this stuff happens to men all the time too they're just they don't talk about it as much. I mean, women have come a long ways because we were always told not to talk about it. And like, it was always our fault. And, you know, we did something to antagonize it and to make it happen to ourselves. Be it the quote unquote, well, what were you wearing? Like that bullshit doesn't fly. No means no. 
Terror means no. Screaming means no. Unless we say yes and it's consenting. No. It's not okay. Ever. Ever. Oi. Yeah. So three days later from the Granger incident, uh, he picked up a 14-year-old girl on the way to Westlake Junior High. I went there too. <laughs> uh, it's so eerie. Where's all the Westlake Junior High people? Uh-huh. So he drove her to a dirt road near his stepfather's farm, sodomized and raped her while holding a knife to her. This poor, brave little soul resisted, so he slashed her throat and then dropped her off in a West Valley neighborhood. She walked to a nearby house to get help. She was taken to Pioneer Valley <laughs> She was taken to Pioneer Valley Hospital where she was treated and gave a detailed description of her attacker and his truck. So <laughs> I don't know who all is familiar with Pioneer Valley Hospital. For those of you that live in the state, just wait and hear this hospital's crazy. <laughs> but those who do know what I'm talking about, remember how shitty Pioneer Valley Hospital was? Oh my god, they couldn't even get x-rays right. I had to get my hand x-rayed and they didn't even do that right. Maybe back then it was better. So Roberto was arrested and confessed to both attacks. He pled guilty before an adult court to two accounts of attempted murder, aggravated rape, and sexual abuse. Awful. But this time, because he was older, he was sent to the Utah State Prison, applied for parole, but was rejected until he finally got approved June 25th, 1991. And this is where more hell breaks loose. <sighs> so, are you ready for this deep dive, my friends? It just gets worse. I just... We need to do, like, a haunted episode next, because these last two episodes are just whoa on my brain. I understand other podcasters that just do, like, this kind of true crime shit that have to do light episodes, because, good God, it weighs on the psyche. Okay. Be ready for this, guys. All right. So he's out on parole for attempted murder, brutally raping, um, and sexual abuse. Those two girls. Okay. Now on August first, nineteen ninety-two. Ah, oh, I was a wee lass, very micro. <laughs> he posed as a security guard, approached two siblings. A 10-year-old girl and an 8-year-old boy in front of Orchard Elementary School in West Valley. I don't know where that one is besides in West Valley. Have any of you guys been there? Let me know. I want to know what it was like. If it's even still there, it might have been torn down. I don't know. Anyway, so he approached them, pretending to be a security guard, claiming he needed help finding some stolen goods. Under the pretense of frisking them, he ordered them to pull down their pants. Yeah. Then he began touching the poor boy's junk, like groping his genitalia and patting the poor little girl's crotch before dropping them back off to their home. Like, 
who who does that that's awful those poor children you fucking diddlers man i say this every episode and in utah there's so many diddlers that end up being murderers and we talk about them i mean we need to because they need people need to know how horrible these people are and that shit really happens even here we're not in a bubble like bad things happen to us we just don't know about it i didn't even know about this guy until jamie said something hey jamie (laughs) but yeah fucking guy a brother and a sister 10 and an 8 year old and then he gropes them makes them pull down their pants and gropes them like that's gotta fuck you up those poor kids they are way older than me i wonder how they're doing in life now i hope they're not super like ptsd about this awful anyways so a week after that he stopped in front of Hunter High School because, you know, he's a creep. He's like Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey character in uh, Days and Confused where he likes to, you know, just pick up on all the, the young high school girls. But anyways, so he was in front of Hunter High School using a fake police badge attempted to entice two 10-year-old girls into his car. Thank Bob's nipples! that a highway worker saw this and immediately got the police involved. Thank God, dude, you like you saved two ten-year-old girls from God knows what. So props to you, highway worker. You saved them. After the police were involved, he was arrested, then charged for the molesting of the siblings from Orchard Elementary. Found guilty and sentenced to life with possibility of parole. Stop giving him chances. Quit giving him parole. He just abuses that. Look at how many things he did while he was on parole. Did you guys not learn? Like, seriously. What were you thinking, Judge? Don't give diddlers chances. They're just gonna diddle more. God. So over the next three years in prison, Roberto McDiddleton, as I now will call him, or the Salt Lake City Strangler, would brag to cellmates about supposedly abusing and killing a few young girls and women in 1992, in addition to making ransom demands to those families. The claims got the police's attention, and hello investigators, here we come! He was then interviewed in July of 1995. The 90s here, man, around that time. That's same time Rosie Tapia, like 95. Only hers was in August, so this was like a month before Rosie got murdered. So, first, he admitted to the murder of a 16-year-old named Lisa Martinez and her 15-year-old friend Tuesday Roberts, whom vanished while walking to the Valley Fair Mall on March 30th, 1992. Dude, as a kid, Phantom of the Tracks know this, Mary, like, we all walked to Valley Fair Mall, because we all lived pretty close to that, or at least when it, within a reasonable distance. We walked to Valley Fair Mall. Like, even around that time. Like, what if something happened to us? Jesus. Like, as an adult now, I was like, whoa, my parents gave us too much freedom, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> crazy times now, right? <laughs> so, so after admitting that, he then directed the police to their grave sites near his stepfather's pig farm, where they found the bodies of those two poor deceased girls. Tragic. So he said that he stabbed Lisa at least 43 times with a wood chisel before strangling her friend Tuesday. He strangled poor Tuesday with a rope. And let us not forget, they were also sexually assaulted by him. Sam Emma is always, only this time he murdered them. 43 times. Poor Lisa. 43 times with a wood chisel. I don't know if you guys know what a wood chisel looks like, but you should Google it. Like, that's gnarly. What did she do to get stabbed 43 times? Like, that's like hardcore. What happened to make you stab her? Like, what enraged you so much? I don't understand it, and I never will, because your brain is fucked, bro. <laughs> so, a few months later, he confessed to two more murders. This one is, um, the first one is Margot Bond. That's a pretty cool name, though. But I love James Bond, so, you know, makes me think of Bond. Bond. Margot Bond. I wonder if she ever did that. Margot Bond was a 42-year-old janitor um, on her way to work at Kennedy Junior High School in February of 1992. He abducted and stabbed her to death. Four months later, she was found in Tooele County. Some people pronounce it Tooley. I'm just going to throw that out there. It is spelled weird. It's pronounced Tooele. Doesn't make sense, but that's how it's pronounced. Okay, and the next murder that he confessed to was 13-year-old Stephanie Blundell. She was walking to school. He offered her a ride, and he kidnapped and sexually assaulted her, then stabbed her to death in the American Fort Canyon. So some of the things said that she was walking to school, like that I was looking at, others didn't really specify, but either way, he kidnapped her. He sexually assaulted her, then he stabbed her to death up in American Fort Canyon. Oi. His claims to these murders were backed by some jewelry of Blundell's that he had taken and showed to an inmate who at the time was living with him and his mom in their trailer in Kearns. I wonder what trailer park he lived in. I don't know. Kearns is the suspicious area anyways. Like, for those of you who don't live in Utah, which a lot of you don't, um, Kearns is like a shady, shady city. <laughs> right next to Taylorsville and West Valley. And, um, yeah, a lot of crime happens there. Lots of shootings, lots of gang activity. Like, especially like Kearns High School and Junior High. Man, you guys were crazy for a while there. Good God. Like, shooting up all the time. It was crazy. But yeah, so I wonder what trailer park in Kearns he lived at. Minor detail, though. But there was, the between the jewelry and other stuff that might possibly link him to victims, 
but it wasn't found and it was suspected that it was disposed of either by roberto or someone else in like in the household possibly either way that was gone and so yeah who knows if it even really existed or if he was just you know being his crazy self so with these confessions he um decided to actually confess to those murder all those murders because he had received a letter saying that he was a father i want to know if this letter is legit or if because he's kind of loony it was just like a a ploy but um so the state this is the statement that he made quote unquote i realized these girls were just little girls like mine i started to understand how much it would hurt to have someone do that do what he had done that quote doesn't make sense because you are he sir you are he yeah so suddenly this letter that you get makes you decide i mean i'm glad you came clean so poor families can you know get closure on this shit but like i mean whether you have children or not you shouldn't be diddling kids and murdering them and the poor lady just trying to you know live her adult life and go to work at a school and you abduct her and murder her too like seriously what happened in your life that made it so terrible that you just had to go and do that to people i had a lot of shit happen to me i'm not murdering anyone i've got a big mouth and i'm using it for podcasts but <laughs> i don't murder people nope you guys are terrible anyways so in return for fessing up this jibberoni asked for a private cell, a color TV, and the death penalty. He just wanted to get it over with. I wonder if he wanted a private cell because he was a diddler and child diddlers in prison get all the worst things ever done to them because even in prison they're horrible. That's really bad when other murderers and rapists and whatnot think you're horrible because you diddle children so you're constantly a target i don't really feel bad for you because you know better i know some people say like some of the diddlers just have this like compulsion and they can't control it i want to know how true that is but i think some know better and can control it but they don't either way that is weird you shouldn't be even thinking that Go be attracted to a marker or a slipper. <laughs> don't be attracted to animals or children. Just just don't. Or like be attracted to old people. <laughs> I don't know. Don't murder anyone. Don't diddle children or animals. Like none of that. You gross people. Originally, he claimed to have merely witnessed dumping the bodies of the two teens. But later... After a tearful seven-hour session with the lawyer and the police investigator, he broke down and admitted to the four murders. So which is it? Was it the letter that kind of, like, got your brain in gear? And then, like, 
being interrogated pretty much for seven hours with a lawyer and a police investigator, that changed your mind? Like, there's so many variation variables there. Not variations. Variables there that could cause this thing. And I kind of want to know, but, you know, we can't ask you. May 12, 1997. Roberto who spent all but three years of his adult life behind bars, pled guilty to the murders and said he wanted to just be executed ASAP. He wanted to bypass all, just everything. Just can him from life. Some believe in, you know, eye for an eye. You, You murder, you get murdered. But isn't it better and, like, more evil if you just you know, make a diddler not die and just let him live in prison because his life is going to be more of a hell there than getting off by, you know, the death penalty. I realize taxes, you know, pay to keep them alive and whatnot, but I mean, it depends on how evil you are. If you want to mind fuck someone, you know, you really make them pay and that's a good way to make them pay. Just saying. So, on June 20th, 3rd District Court Judge David Young handed down the death sentence to Roberto. The judge bluntly asked, You're asking me to sentence you to death? To which Roberto replied, I am, because as many years as I've been through this, no one's going to help me with this condition. I would elect to be executed by firing squad. If possible, without a hood. I mean, that's ballsy, but also, like, if you want to have more fear into that killer, let him see what's happening. I don't know if they'd still turn him around and then then blast him, but, you know, you do you. On April 7th, in the year 2000, Roberto told... Judge David Young, he was fed up with competency hearings to determine if he was fit to die. Quote, unquote, I'm tired of waiting. I'm having a lot of problems at the prison. I wonder why. A lot of people are trying to tell me I don't want the death penalty. Okay, again, you know, you're probably having problems in prison because you're a diddler just saying also he's slowly starting to kind of go crazy and you will hear this and we will spiral down down to the ground robert was sentenced to death on june 20th 1997 for the brutal murders of four salt lake county women um he was ordered to undergo a competency evaluation after he tried to hang himself with a laundry bag in his cell. I think someone's desperate. And this happened at the Utah State Prison on August 12, 1998. He repeatedly stated he wishes to die for his crimes and will fight any effort to appeal his death. (laughs) Dude, at this point, just let him die. Like, (laughs) he doesn't want your help. He doesn't care if you think he's crazy. He just wants to go. (laughs) Like, he know he did wrong, and he wants to just, you know, deal with it. 
I mean, the easy pussy way out, you know, just killing yourself so you don't have to deal with it. But come on. Ridiculous. Okay. So during the court hearing where the judge signed the death warrant, Lisa's grandmother, Rose Edwards, was removed from the courtroom briefly after she shouted at Roberto during his health-related complaints. <laughs> she, she said, and I quote, That's nothing compared to what you did to my granddaughter. End quote here. That's like crazy. Like seriously. You go, Grandma. I'm, what, what health concerns was he complaining about? Oh, oh, it's me. I'm, I'm a murderer and I'm a diddler and they don't take kindly to that in prison. Is that what he was saying? Like, I don't know. I want to know what it was though. What was it? What were you bitching about? So the execution of the serial killer, um, Robert, whatever his last name is, cause I can't pronounce it. The Salt Lake City Strangler, um, which had been scheduled for June 27th, 2003, was put on hold until his competency can be determined. Third District Judge Michael Burton almost said Bolton. <laughs> oh my god, that would be cool if Michael Bolton was a judge. Then he could sing your sentence to you. So Michael Burton signed the stay after prosecutors agreed to the delay. Because, bro, you you being crazy. The action came a day after the Utah Department of Corrections notified Judge Burton that there was good reason to evaluate Mr. Roberto. Quote, The bottom line is, we cannot legally nor constitutionally execute someone who is incompetent. End quote. Assistant Attorney General Thomas Brunker. What a weird name. He's the one that said that. Monsieur Brunker. wonder what region that is from. I don't know. So the prosecutors contended that the corrections actions invalidated requests filed in Roberto's behalf by attorney Ed Bress. Bress sought to vacate the execution order and extend the time to appeal it, um, stay the execution, and arrange a competency evaluation. Roberto's last court-ordered evaluation was in 2000. <laughs> After the bro tried to lynch himself with a laundry bag, he was briefly in a coma. <sighs> After that suicide attempt, he then started to collect and eat his own poop. This is where we get straight up nutty. Yep. So he just, you know, descended into madness. Either he was already descending and it just furthered it along because, you know, he's a caged animal and he knows there's no help. And that pushed him to the edge if he was already crazy he just suddenly became crazy because of all that. So he collected and ate his own poop as well as pieces of paper and plastic. So he was a connoisseur of many things that you should not eat. That's really good for your digestive tract. Just saying. <laughs> Which 
actually led to two times he had to um, be taken to the hospital for intestinal blockages. <laughs> Ugh, thinking of eating poo just makes me want to throw up because, I mean, like, Ugh, it smells horrible enough. Like, ew, taste gross. Why am I thinking of what it tastes? Ugh, ugh. I make myself dry heave just thinking about it. You're gross, Roberto. Ew. Whenever he appeared in court, he had to be strapped to a wheelchair and wore a mesh mask to prevent him from spitting on people. If you wear a mesh mask, isn't that still gonna, like, spit can still get out? So, like, put, uh, one of those Put Hannibal, put that Hannibal mask on his face. Seriously, that blocks the spit better. Good thing this wasn't during going during COVID or hello. COVID ran rampant in the prisons and he spits on people. That's a terrible combination. Yep, so that's his like fun descent and that's why they're like, oh dude, this bro's going super crazy. His descent into madness has reached maximum level. Oh dear God, where's Godzilla when you need him? That being said, two psychiatrists and a neuropsychologist determined he was competent. How competent, though? Because you're eating poo, plastic, and paper. And you collect your poo. How big of a collection do you get before you eat it? Or do you like eat some and collect the rest like is it a bragging system because i know guys like to talk about and compare their poo tell me i want to know do you guys know why i don't in march 2001 karen stam former attorney representing roberto wrote to the utah supreme court about mr roberto he continues to deteriorate mentally, collecting and eating feces regularly. That behavior was among several reasons cited by Brass in seeking a new evaluation. Technically, Roberto has no representation, for he fired Brass and also fired other court-appointed public defenders. So bro don't have no one, yet Brass is still being a nice guy, and like, he's like, clearly this dude's nuts, like, you can't just let him not be represented, he's insane. No sane person collects and eats their poo. I mean, and even if you're pretending to be crazy, would you go to that extent? I mean, hats off to you if you, that's your dedication, wow. But that's weird. This is where it's going to get real silly. So, at the May 1st hearing, Roberto repeatedly requested Karen Stam um, become his representative again. But get this, in 1996, when she was initially appointed to be to represent him, but she and some other members of the Salt Lake Legal Defenders Association were disqualified because... An employee had a potential conflict of interest. So Brass truly thinking about helping this poo aficionado just is off his rocker. <laughs> he asked 
that they please just let her be appointed to him and represent him. Because that's all Roberto wants. It's just him. Or just her. And I want to know why. Like, what was it that there was a conflict of interest in that legal team? Like, who knew him? Or, I wonder, were was one of them related to one of the victims? Because that would definitely complicate things. I want to know. <laughs> Those silly prosecutors argued that unless Roberto is ruled incompetent, he has the right to not have an attorney. And there's nothing that can be done because he's like, I mean, he'd be crazy for saying I don't want help from an attorney. But he can do it because he's quote unquote of sound mind. <laughs> bull hockey. I don't even know what bull hockey is, but that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> so Brass contended that the courts have the right to appoint counsel for defendants who defy basic procedural rules or fail to maintain proper courtroom decorum. You know, like spitting on people <laughs> and having to be strapped into a wheelchair. <laughs> he said that the May 1st hearing, Roberto was clearly and wildly inappropriate and also appeared to be incompetent. He simply cannot be allowed to represent himself at this point. He's a wild man. This is where we're going to insert a flashback sequence. Ooh. All right, kitties. All right. We're flashing back. To what? What are we flashing back to? The courtroom. So, here's what happened at the hearing. Roberto was yelling, screaming, and swearing worse than I do. Which is pretty bad, because sometimes... That's all I pretty much know how to speak is in swears. <laughs> he was being a profanity diva. You go, profanity diva. <laughs> Judge Burton had to remove him from the courtroom three freaking times because he was just being a disruptive twat. Brass's mention suggested a competency evaluation should go back to before he pled guilty in 1997 just to see if he truly is was crazy from like way back when or just lately and those silly prosecutors snapped with the only inquiry is whether def the defendant has become incompetent since the last adjunction of that issue they're basically just saying the only inquiry is so the question is did he just become incompetent since he was addressed this last issue? Like, what? So what came first, the crazy chicken or the crazy egg? What do you think? Mr. Roberto Arguelles? However you say that last name? I don't know, but it's written down. You can figure it out. A.K.A. The Salt Lake City Strangler whom was a crazy poo collecting and eating, lost soul of an icky diddler, whom was convicted of four murders, volunteered for execution by firing squad without a bag on his head. He was set to be executed June of 2003, but it was put on hold by a judge because he's probably nuts and they need to investigate that. 
this fine gentleman that we just kind of gave a sum up of him. On November 15th, 2003, a guard was passing by Roberto's cell and noticed he was unusually quiet. Upon closer inspection, he realized Roberto was unresponsive. Not a good sign. I'm just going to throw that out there. He was quickly taken to the infirmary where he was pronounced dead about an hour and a half later. And it was of natural causes. So he just basically suddenly died. It was in the Utah State Penitentiary in Draper. Of natural causes. At the age of 41. Maybe it's all that poo you were eating, sir. That can't be good for you. What if you had, um, MRSA? I think, is it MRSA? What's the one that, no, no, no. There's an infection that will hide in your intestines. And, like, you take antibiotic. And it can, like, this this infection is crazy. It can, like, dodge the antibiotics. So it is, like, so, so hard to get rid of. My dad had it before. I can't remember what it's called, but it's gnarly. It's like, what if you get that? I don't know if you can get that from eating poo, but interesting, right? So what did he die from? Or was he just old and nuts and his body was just like, yeah, we're good. Or his body decided with his brain to be like, all right, we want to just die already and they haven't executed us. So let's just do it ourselves. What was it? Either way, that's the weird, crazy, horrible, tragic story of the diddler the SLC Strangler, Mr. Roberto. Although he didn't, more or less he stabbed people than strangled them, so I don't know why he was called the Strangler. Guys, of course the Salt Lake City Stabber doesn't sound better. Actually, it sounds worse than the Strangler. At least the Strangler sounds cool. The SLC Stabber <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have a cool ring on it. No. No, it does not. So, as I'm all getting comfortable now because I don't have to read shit. What do you guys think of this episode? Like, what are your thoughts on Mr. Roberto with the last name I can't pronounce? Does, uh, the Salt Lake City Strangler? What are your thoughts? What are your theories on it? Like, those poor girls. I want to know, for those of you who were alive and in the area, like, is this not eerie as shit to, like, like, dude, I went to that school or I walked to that mall all the time, you know, or I knew that person or I went to school with him or, you know, like fucking weird as hell. And those poor kids that are still alive that had to deal with it. The girl whose throat got slit and she lived. What a badass. Horrible though, because like PTSD, again, PTSD with all of these people. But, like, she survived, dude. Her throat got cut. She lived. She was able to get him arrested. But, oh, man. I had a clot in my jugular vein. And they had to cut it open and drain it and reroute my jugular vein. And that hurt. And it feels weird. And I still get phantom feelings. But I cannot imagine getting my throat slit. And that's the closest most people would get to that and live is what I did. I almost died. It's pretty cool. My mom cried. <laughs> My mom was being a wussy. Just kidding. She cared. Um, yeah. So that's crazy. 
And then those poor two siblings, the boy and the girl that he was frisking and told them to pull their pants down because they thought he was a security officer. And being kids, they listened to him. And then he groped them with their pants off and then just dropped them off. And then the girl that got abducted and sexually assaulted and also got dropped. Everyone's getting sexually assaulted and sodomized. It's terrible. Terrible. And then murdered. Murder, rape, sodomy, all that shit. Awful. Stop doing it, people. Be better. Be better. On a lighter note, let's let's do this fun beanie thing. Okay, world. So, the beanie that I bought from the Motionless and White and Ice Nine Kills concert, the Trinity of Terror tour. All right, I'm gonna get it and put it on. It's a cool bag. It came in two. I'm gonna take pictures right now. This is the sound. Ooh. Hell yeah! All right. Okay, on this glorious, glorious beanie of Motionless and White. It's got this on creatures. So it says creatures. I'm going to put it on my head after I take a picture. All right, the moment of truth, everyone. Will this Motionless and White beanie fit thine head, thine giant beach ball head? Let us try. Let's see. I have my hair up in a bun. Okay. Let me sit a minute. I'm going to wiggle my face. So. It fits! Yay! It's slightly tight, but it's never been worn. So I imagine it might stretch out just a scotch after. So. All right. Yeah. The Okay. I got to say, the winner of the best band beanie so far is still chaosium it's i like the fabric better and it's more comfortable and it doesn't quite slide off my head like this thing because you know it don't fit i need a magnum head condom not not your average one i think this motionless one is average head condom size what band will be the next beanie i get and Will Chaosium's beanie still reign supreme, or will there be a new one in command? All right, you sexy bitches, all clad in black and plaid and sparkly things. So, what is the playlist of the week? What are you listening to, Kira? Well, this since this is a segment where I start talking to myself in third person, because I don't have a co-host here with me right now, <laughs> I will say. So, my playlist for this week's episode for the Salt Lake City Strangler, I could only do five because I didn't really want to think about horrible things. <laughs> and I don't really want to, like, you know, dabble too much in that. So, I went mostly on the crazy people direction and some anger because it sounds like he's crazy. And he had some anger issues. So, for the first one, of course, I picked some sex pistols. Uh, no one is innocent. Have y'all heard it? <laughs> it's true, though. No one's innocent. Everyone's guilty of something at some point in their life. Number two, Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman. Ooh. 
Number three, System of a Down, Prison Song. Number four, Pantera, Fucking Hostile. <laughs> Accurate. And number five, Megadeth, Angry Again. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys, I'm super excited for this one. So, Kira. Yes, Kira. Who's our Silver Fox of the Week? Well, Kira, I will tell you who. He is one of my favorite actors. I have a lot of favorite actors, but... Mm-hmm. He is beautiful. He plays a bunch of crazy characters, like, for all over the board. Mr. Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. This English actor just graced my eyeballs ever since I was a child. <laughs> he won ample awards. And sadly, I'm not married to him. I would marry him. He's good looking and he's very talented. But dude, this guy's in everything. He's in the prof Have you guys seen The Professional? Old school 90s movie? Because we're, you know, talking about the 90s lately. So he's in The Professional, Dracula, Fifth Element, Hannibal the movie, and Harry Potter movies, and of course, all the, all of my loves, which is a Batman. He's in some Batman movies, you know, because he's Commissioner Gordon. I don't really watch Harry Potter, so I don't fully know. Dude, he played Sid and Sid and Nancy K. Which is kind of funny, because I didn't realize that when I put my, uh, I didn't pick the Silver Fox yet when I did my playlist, and I picked a Sex Pistols song. We all know my stance on Sid Vicious and the Sex Pistols, <laughs> but he portrayed Sid in a really good way, and growing up, like, as a micro-me, mini Kira running around, you know, raising hell. I love that movie. That was, like, a weird chick flick, but not a chick flick that I liked as a kid. Yeah, so he was Sid and Sid and Nancy. Oh my god, this guy's in everything. He's in the Hitman Bodyguard. He's in Air Force One, The Book of Eli, which one of our other Silver Foxes, Denzel Washington's in. A Christmas Carol. Kung Fu Panda 2. Oh, I love Kung Fu Panda. Scarlet Letter. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Red Riding Hood. Have you guys seen Red Riding Hood? That one's actually pretty good, too. Kind of chicky, but whatever. Lots of vampire movies. He's in Lost in Space. He's just an amazing actor in everything that he does. Romeo is bleeding. I've never seen that. Oh, Gary. Your eyes are great. Your soft but chiseled face is amazing. Even old. Even old. As Commissioner Gordon, you look beautiful. Dearest Gary Oldman, who plays all kinds of different characters. He's well-rounded. He's a dapper gent. He is easy on the eyes and will swoon your soul. Dearest Gary Oldman, we love you. So my plaid-clad people. Um, keep that, uh, the hashtag justice for Rosie Tapia with a heart emoji. 
with the red heart emoji, I should say. We need to trend that, get it going. Let's let's get them back in the spotlight so we can, you know, close that case. And let's, you know, if possible, get also spread the Anthony Charles Adams. Hashtag justice for Anthony Charles Adams. Let's get that going too. And if you have any suggestions of, like, subjects you want us to cover... Ooh, I want to cover either a movie or a music episode again. I feel it's time. Because I love both of those and we haven't covered a whole bunch of those lately. Maybe we'll go into some more good horror books. Ooh, we could do some horror books because, you know, got some of the TJ Tarantula books that we've read. Heck yeah, I need to order more. You guys need to order them too. They're easy reads and amazing. He's great. Buy his shit. We'll link ya. <laughs> if you want to be on the show, also, message us. We're open to things, so yeah, let's hear from you. Let's hear from you and let's change the world. Hell yeah. So, Mary. Yes, Kara. Where can they find us? Our listeners can find us at 801-HORROR-0-CCULT on Twitter Instagram or Facebook. And if they are so bold as to email us, they may do so <laughs> at 801-HorrorCultVixVIX at gmail.com. So make sure you follow us, make sure you interact with us, and make sure you keep listening to us. And spread us like the plague. Like the COVID. So, well, what are we talking about next week? don't think it's quite time for Mormon, the Mormon stuff yet, but soon, the Phantom of the Tracks and I, probably not this time, but this next one, or the one after, I don't know, I can't remember, we're gonna have a Mormon episode soon, I think if we don't do the Mormon one, this next one, we're gonna go for some paranormal shit. Yep, time for something spooky, because, or weird, because I can't do any more cold cases right now. Or murder cases. That involves children, because my brain is soft. <laughs> oh, stay sexy and smell you later, bitches.